This week's episode of the Star Wars Report is brought to you by the good folks supporting us over on patreon.com slash Report. Let's do the show, folks. Gum, gum, gum. And who might you be? It's the Star Wars Report. Star Wars Report. Woo! Star Wars Report. <laughs> the place for Star Wars news, features, interviews, and more. Then we can do something epic. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Please delete as appropriate. The Force. It's calling to you. Just let it in. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Stars Report podcast. We're back. We're talking Rise of Skywalker. It's happening. It's still happening. We're still talking about it. We will be talking about it for a while. Quite some time. There's a lot to process. Hey, I'm your host, Riley Blanton. Glad to have you back on board here at the Stars Report. And uh, let's get him uh, back on. It's Mr. Bruce Gibson. What's going on, man? How's it I'm, going? I, I need a poster of the new mm-hmm. movie because I have all the eight episodes up, and I need that one final poster to make this complete. Yes, look at the Where'd back. you get that? Yeah, look at this. See, I, I found a bunch of the posters online, but I don't I don't know. I heard they weren't like official or something. No, I found I bought I just bought that one at Walmart. I, I do have the Rise of Skywalker poster. It's pretty cool. It's got all the I knights need the of the official Ren. movie posters, what I need. Mm, yeah. I think that's the official one, kind of, maybe. I don't know. No, nah, that's not the one. Oh, uh, yeah. That's, 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 <laughs> Walmart. Get cheap skate. Hey, uh, also, uh, Mark Coleman's back with us here. Hey, speaking Hi. of those posters, you now know it actually is a funny pun. The Force Awakens, The Last Jedi, so The Rise of Skywalker. Now that we know that Rise of Skywalker, it's all true. She just woke up. That's all. It was just, all about her waking <gasps> up. Yep. Um, So true. Hey, um, so uh, last uh, week we were talking all about the journey of Rey. And what I realized as we went through the episode, that that story touches every element of the movie. So I guess it made sense that we started with that. This is my favorite topic, though. This is also my favorite moment in um, in the whole movie. And that is the theme of redemption. Mm-hmm. And Ben Solo's redemption in um, The Rise of Skywalker. So uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about Ben's journey and uh, also kind of set the stage because for me, I want to say a couple years ago, around celebration, just after Celebration Europe, um, I was a guest on Coffee with Kenobi for the first time and I was asked, hey, what does Star Wars mean to you? What's the central element of the Star Wars story? And I immediately answered without hesitation. I never even thought about it. But to me, immediately, it is redemption. And mm-hmm. we've t- we talked about that leading up to the film coming up on Star Wars Tonight episodes. We're talking a lot about that element of redemption and, and the hashtag Bendemption. And so my concerns going into the movie was I, I actually kind of had come around when I first watched The Force Awakens and I saw Patricide on screen, the murder of one of my favorite Star Wars characters of all time, Han Solo. I w- when I first saw that movie, I was like, no, there's no way. You can't forgive the audience. We, I, Riley, can't forgive a character for um, for killing Han Solo. Well, not but, just killing Han Solo, but also millions of people. Yeah, like when you first mm-hmm. o- when The Force Awakens opens and he's like, yeah, kill the whole village. That's our introduction to Kylo Ren. This is a bad dude. But the more I thought about it and going into Rise of Skywalker, the more I really thought, 
the theme of redemption has always been my favorite element of Star Wars, the son redeeming mm-hmm. his father. And to me, it just seemed poetic and, and reflective, a sort of uh, rings, if you will, in a sort of ring theory-esque way. If, if the son redeemed his father in the original trilogy, this was a chance for a father to redeem his son. Little did I think it would happen the way it did. But going mm-hmm. into this film, I was kind of rooting for redemption. The, but I didn't want, this is what I didn't want, and what I was a little concerned with, and I'm realizing as I was like, no, I don't have any expectations. I had expectations. I was trying not to, but I did. <laughs> I I didn't want I didn't want Ray to be like, oh, I love you, and then Kylo to be like, oh, and therefore I will turn good for you, my love. I didn't oh gosh, yeah, no, we don't want that. That's a little too no, 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 no. Well, no, but what I did like that what you're saying about redemption, I I. In a lot, in some ways, I didn't want redemption for Kylo because of all those bad things. It's yes. like, oh, so we're just going to forgive him now? Oh, he's but, now. But come we to did the good with side. Anakin. We, we did think with about Anakin. everything he did. I mean, that but was a he lot died. of darkness. Yeah. But he di- Like to me, it was like when Anakin, like he was redeemed, but it was and a, then he died. But it was, so it was immediate karma. <laughs> but I think what I liked how they handled this, what worked for me in that sense, is they they specifically were mentioning that Kylo is dead, Ben is alive, as if they're two different people. Mm. It wasn't Ben Solo that did the killing. It was Kylo. There's like It's almost like you're two different people mm. a young... when you're under the influence of the dark side. And I like how they play that out because that, that worked for me because Kylo was dead. Yeah. Ben, he didn't do that. A, a young... The big difference between him. Kylo Ren and Vader is that Vader could not take off his suit in a symbolistic way like... Kylo threw his lightsaber. Yeah. Right? yeah. Yes, right. Uh, so, so I think a lot of people have that issue with Vader because they're like, well, you know, he's just Vader. He just made a decision. No, no. Vader was Anakin there at the death, and that's why we see him rewarded with a younger persona. Um, now, a question I think a lot of people have had is, you know, is it just a memory of Han Solo or was it a Force ghost? A lot of people are like, well, there's no glowing blue. It's not a Force ghost. It's just a memory. The thing that I thought about was from Legends with Jason Solo in the book. I think it was in Traitor or Destiny's Way. I can't remember which one. I'm pretty sure it might be Destiny's Way, but I'm kind of leaning towards Traitor. Anakin Solo, his Force ghost visits Jason and Mm. Jason has a profound moment where he's like, this isn't you. This is a creature that's using an illusion to bait me in. And, And Anakin, the Force ghost says, well, what if I'm using that as a way to get to speak to you? And I thought about that in the way of Han Solo. If what if this is the Force's way of using Han to speak to Ben and get through to Ben? Right, they're reliving yeah. that same moment. But even in the moment when it first happened, you know, I felt like Han. No matter what was going to happen, Han was ready to forgive his son because that's what love was. It yes. was about it was about that forgiveness, that step towards that redemption. So you know. For me, I, I when I saw Han, like I wasn't expecting that. So that was a really cool moment. And then when he turns and he throws away the lightsaber, from that moment on with Ben, I was on cloud nine. I'm like, oh my God, he's so kick-ass. Yeah. And when they had that moment where, you know, they're in the two different rooms and they, they started it with her being on the ship in Kylo's room. And then he realizes, oh my God, she's in my room. And you do that whole back and forth trading things, grabbing the necklace and stuff. You're like, oh my God, that's cool. And when Ray reaches behind her head with the, the solos <laughs> or the Skywalker lightsaber and Ben pulls it out in the midst of all of his nights of Ren. I was like, holy crap. That, that was moment, a moment was so damn awesome. Yeah, well, I like so, your yeah, idea was... about the vision and the force because I do think it's that. It's similar to me as like we, we were discussing on the previous episode where Ray sees that dark vision of herself and fights it. 
I mean, that wasn't a force ghost. That's a vision that she's having and responding to. And I feel like that's the similar thing we're seeing with Kylo Ren or now Ben seeing his father. It's the force showing that person a vision. Yeah, right. It's not a lot of people feel like the element of the last Jedi that's gone is that anybody could be a Jedi. Right. But I don't think that that's gone. I mean, they've we've always known that life is the force, right? Mm. It, It binds us. It surrounds us. Han Solo does miraculous things, even though he's not a force user. He is an instrument of the force. Mm. And I mean, you know, think about Finn. Finn is the same way, right? He's, ah, I got these feelings and stuff. It doesn't mean that he's going to be a force user. It's just that he is a little more open to what's going on, right? And I, th- I think that that's a profound thing. I don't think that that means that everybody can be a Jedi. It's just that you can no. be more awake to the force. Like Maz Kanata, right? Clearly, she is of a, a, a species that has a stronger connection to the force, but she doesn't relate to being a Jedi, although she understands the Jedi. Mm. She understands the Sith, but she's something different. Like Baze and Chirrut. Yeah, right. It's like she doesn't have any less ability or anything. It's just that she is different. Everybody is connected to the Force, and we see that in different ways. Pilots and stuff come away from uncanny experiences that they should not have walked away from. And then, you know... But if anybody thinks... If anybody thinks that anybody could be a Jedi or have force powers the way Ray did, that anybody could, then there would be more than her out there that have those abilities that just awoken in them and they are like Ray to the point that what in this movie would make Ray special mm. prior to finding out she's a Palpatine, if there's others out there with those abilities without training like she had, like we saw in The Force Awakens, then they should all be teaming up and going after kylo ren to begin with you have to make this character different and we shouldn't have just a small group of inquisitors we should have force sensitive uh stormtroopers everybody should be you know utilizing some force lightning and stuff i mean but then i guess that gets back to the whole rule of two with with bane of like well there's too much out of here where you know we're not consolidating the power i mean that's i mean the thing is anybody in, in the most sense most anyone could be an artist but there's some there have have the born <laughs> ability to do it where others have to have training and others right. just can't do it. It's the same thing with the force. Amen. Right. Well, you know, that's profound. I like that. That's not how the force works. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the force Bear shows up at the beginning of the movie, right? And he goes and he hunts down the Wayfinder. I, I like the Wayfinder. A lot of people think it's the Sith Holocron. I don't. I think that it was specific for something different, and that's why it's not let a me, holocron. Let me play out just for a second. Planet? Sorry to interrupt, but let me just play out how that worked for you, uh, Mark. This is there's a boardroom meeting, and J.J. Abrams comes up in front of the story group where people look small. He's like, so we need this Sith device that stores information of the Sith, ancient Sith knowledge, and it's going to lead the way. It's going to a wayfinder, if you will. And they're like, yeah, holocron. No, no, a wayfinder. No, no, it's, it's called a holocron. We got one. J.J. Abrams looks yeah. really hard. Wayfinder. Okay, we're doing right. a Wayfinder. I, I think JJ was like, no, guys, like the holocron's like, it's like a computer. You sit down and you ask it questions and answers. This is just for maps. This is like sailors. This is like a compass. Mm. <laughs> and yeah. I like the way that, like, you know, you saw it. And when, the way that played out his transition, you saw in the Wayfinder a little red dot moving across the galaxy and stuff. I thought that was cool. And when we get to the planet, what, what was it called? Exodus or, or uh, Exegol. Exegol. Yeah. We get to Exegol, man. That planet reminded me so much of Korriban. Mm. Like that, the way those statues Exegol. and stuff were. And I also got that Malachor vibe. Mm. Like it was like it was underneath the how ground. Many, how many Sith planets do we? Malachor, Moraband, Moraband, Mustafar. We've established is the same planet. So Mor- that's Mustafar. Uh, if we're not so counting legends, there's a lot less because yeah. there's also Zios and a couple other. Planets, <laughs> oh gosh, oh Lord, have mercy. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, Earth, Earth is the other one. Yeah, right. that's a planet. Yeah. Well, and uh, can I say this about Kylo's journey? Is 
you're talking about him right at the beginning. He's hunting. He's trying to hunt down the emperor to take him out because he sees him as a threat to his power. And again, this yeah. this this shows Kylo, even though he's trying to hunt down the ultimate Sith baddie, he's acting exactly like a Sith would, which is selfishly to take out the competition to his power. Right? It's a very Sith-like move. So we we see a very murderous Kylo Ren right at the beginning of the movie. Still, just establishing just a quick reminder: still a bad dude. So that when we're when we fast forward to his choice for redemption, as I kind of barely as I started on the podcast uh, before we we kind of took off the if you just think about Kylo's choice, his redemption, and him abandoning the uh, identity of Kylo Ren and tossing the light, lightsaber symbolically, I loved how that was his choice, mm-hmm. not 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 him choosing Ray. This was him, regardless of Ray. And she's gone. Um, regardless of her, this is him choosing the light over the dark. Choosing to do what he knows is right. Yes. Too. I don't know mm-hmm. if I have the strength to do it. I love that that reflection is played from The Force Awakens. And it's so powerful that the memory of Han Solo and just seeing Harrison Ford there. Like, I don't think that scene works if they just, like, reference Han Solo. They had to get Harrison Ford back to really connect the Kylo's tortured soul, which actually connects right back to the last Jedi. The, the deed split you in two, right? The, the idea that this it's, and here's the other thing about it. It's, it's Han and Leia. It's Leia giving herself, sacrificing herself. And it's kind of left open to interpretation. But for me as a fan, when I watch the scene, I see Leia, sort of opening a window, a portal, shining a little bit of light that Kylo Ren can look through and just kind of see past the darkness. And that's when the memory of his father is, is appears. That's She basically becomes the conduit through which he can reach into Ben Solo's memories where he had shut them all out before. Well, it's the duology of the moment in The Force Awakens, too. I mean, for Han, that moment could have been the moment that we see in Rise of Skywalker, you know, he he could have assumed in that moment that that's what Ben was talking about. But for Ben, in the moment in The Force Awakens, it was completing his journey towards the dark side. But for Han and that memory, it's both because the duology it could be two things at once, and we don't see that at the time because at the time for Ben it was the dark side. But then when we see it in Rise of Skywalker, it's him having the same conversation, the conversation Han was having with him. And now Ben gets it. Now Ben does the right thing and throws the lightsaber away. I mean, I, I thought that was just, that was a really deep moment for Ben. And then to see Ben come into ex, Exodus, Exegol, Exegol. When he shows up on Exegol, just so kick ass. I mean, running <laughs> through that place. I was just like, oh, dude, it's going down. Ah, and then the Knights of Ren come around that corner. I'm just like, oh, you boys are going down so hard. And then those was, was, was another thing that I kind of like, yeah, we got them. But I, I really wanted to hear like some more talk. Like I was like, are, are any of these guys members of the old order that came with Ben? Because there was talk that he took half of them with him. And I just always assumed that they became the Knights of Ren with him. So I, I still had questions in that regard. But one of the things that. The direction of Palpatine living, I had heard a lot of fans. I don't have this issue, but so I, I, I don't know if you guys do either, but I want to throw it out there. A lot of people had an issue with Palpatine being alive because it cheapened Anakin's sacrifice as the Chosen One and his destiny as the Chosen One. Now, the counter-argument to that is it didn't cheapen anything because he saved his son, he did what was right, and he stopped the Emperor at a time the Emperor needed stopped. But I do know some people that have a very fundamental issue with that aspect and are having a hard time getting around that. Was that something that bothered you guys at all? 
Bruce? No, it did not. Because all these events would not have happened if not for Anakin doing what he did. Palpatine would be in power. The galaxy would be under his rule. Anakin brought balance to the Force, but the balance needs to be maintained. And so the balance is there. Now it's just from here on out, just maintaining that balance. It's not always going to be perfectly balanced. It's going to tip one way or tip the other. And we always need someone to balance it again. Mm. Yeah. Riley? No, well said, Bruce. I, I, I was initially with the whole sequel trilogy happening, um, the idea of not just Palpatine, but any sort of Sith or bad guy returning, I was worried about that. But by the time we come to rise of skywalker i've already put most of those concerns behind me mm-hmm. like the uh, the, the uh, palpatine coming back wasn't hard to swallow because i'd already embraced the return of the first order essentially and um snoke and the sith influence uh so to me the extra the extension of like oh there's a a weird cloned reimagined palpatine uh, didn't bother me. Although in my brain, I don't know how well this fits. I didn't really see him as the same character, as the same guy in Return of the Jedi. This is a different Palpatine. This is a morphed, more a dark, fallen Palpatine. A, and a more dark magic kind of, for lack of a better term, um, Voldemort type of <laughs> Palpatine. Right. No, perfect. Because he's he's way more bitter. You know, he had the power. And his number two, his secret weapon, the one that was clearly the body he was going to take before Obi-Wan chopped it into little tiny bits, uh-huh. that turned on him and cast him down. You know, I was cast down, now I'm going to cast you down. Yeah, you know, I, I just got to say, just in the two episodes we've recorded on this topic alone has made me feel a lot better about this film, and I'm, I'm actually looking forward to oh, taking good. my dad and my kids back. We're here for uh, you, you know. sir. Yay. Right, right, no, I mean, that, let, me, let me just say to my friends out there, if you guys are having a hard time with this, Get with your buddies and just start talking about it. Uh, maybe maybe don't even do it through text and chats, but just physically talk. Mm. Talk with them. Because, Co- uh, you know, we've date. always I... said it's that that back and forth, that fellowship of fan that definitely mm. makes the yes. saga better. Well, exactly. It's Do a Star Wars coffee date or a more virtual <laughs> Star Wars coffee date by emailing us, starwarsreportagemail.com, because that's what we're going to be talking about here in a minute, are your emails. Mm-hmm. But we got mm-hmm. two more things I got to talk about for or Kylo's. Or start your own podcast. Or, you know, there you go. Um, uh, the the dyad, the, whole, the force dyad. We, the, we have this sort of moment where it's, Ray and Kylo, the energy's being sucked out of them. They've been referenced. Kylo alludes to it earlier in the film. What do you, Mark? You're more into Force mythology. What did you think of this whole Force dyad? I was really excited about that. I think that that's part of why when Ben died, I was a little upset because I was mm. really looking forward to what they were going to do. I have been from the first moment that we found out that Luke had, you know, went away and that the Jedi Order was no more, and Ray started training. I've been wanting to see her rebuild up the Jedi. So, you know, to to have her and him doing that together with him being this, you know, this warning to everyone else, you know, like, hey, look, you know, I could fall. Reminds me a lot of Luke in Legends, you know, because Luke fell to the dark side under Palpatine. So, you know, to have that, you know, moment and like Luke had this moment with his class where he's like, a lot of people don't know it, but my father was Darth Vader. And everybody, oh my God, like that living warning sign to have with you. But I think, you know, Ray, because of everything that she's experienced at this point, she can do that on her own. But 
when he sat there and he was drawing their life energy out, I was like, holy crap, like, mm. oh, now we're screwed. The, and I think that that also lent into the issue I had with the film was a lot of things were quote unquote too convenient, right? And I was just like, you know, Palpatine's more stronger than ever. And now all of a sudden, boop, it's all done. It's all good. We're good now. Everybody's, it is. everybody's came to the rescue. So like, that was kind of a hard swallow. But in that moment, I was like, wow, everything is building up. These guys are really screwed. And I thought... But I think that's the whole problem with this trilogy that I had is like the first movie starts out, we're screwed. The second movie comes out, we're even more screwed. There's only 20 people left. And then now it's like, we're so screwed. There's 100,000 Death Stars all able to go to planets. Oh, my God. And then, bam, here comes this giant fleet. So when that moment happened, it was really hard for me to be excited to see the fleet because I was like, well, how convenient's that? <laughs> But this is, but this, Mark, this movie is Return of the Jedi, right? This movie is the happy ending. That's one thing, I mean, as much as it's been criticized for that in some ways, I think that's one of its greatest strengths is that J.J. Abrams dared to dish out some Star Wars candy, a lot of Star Wars candy, a lot of delicious, hey, some people would say convenient, but like, we're bringing this full circle. Yes, we're going to have the biggest threat, the ultimate super-powered, hyped-up Palpatine, is now going to have to face off but Ray, but the whole Jedi Order is going to show up, and then the whole fleet's going to show up, and then Lando's going to show up. Sorry, Snap. And right? <laughs> That's so funny you said that, because last night, I think it was last night when I was with my brother-in-law and his wife, we were all together, and he hadn't seen the movie yet, and we were talking about it. By the way, he's a patron here of the network. Yes, Thank yes, very I much. appreciate it. And I think I, it was to them that I said, he was, he was asked about the movie, and I, I said just that. I said, J.J. Abrams is the candy man. He gives us all the sweets that we want. That's exactly right. it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, see, and, and I wasn't really sure what a dyad meant, right? So I, even now I had to look it up. Something that consists of two elements or parts, right? The mother and the child dyad, for example. Now, if I stop and I think about that, right? Kylo's male, uh, Ray's female. You got that dyad. One of them was light. One of them was dark. Mm. Then Ben comes back to the light. So you got them both on the that's light That's actually side. how I so, proposed. Fun fact, that's how I proposed to my fiance. I was just like, will you be a dyad with me? <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> Well, and my daughter, my youngest daughter said, oh, the dyad's been told to us all along. It's it's Ray and Ben, Ren. It's uh, been hinted to us this whole time. Uh, that's what her, that's how, that's how she looked at yeah, it. Yeah. It's really wonderful the mind of a child is. But so, in, you know, the, the, the think about the way that the first saga ended, right? The first six films, right? The dark side gets cast off and we're left with the light, a natural balance. Now, if they both represent light and dark, something's got to go if we're going to have that balance. So I guess in that regard, of those two, Ben would clearly be the one that represents the dark side. And so his death, I guess, would be destined to be. I mean, mm. as much as I hated that and I wanted to see him live on, you know, it, it's just the nature of things. Well, if she just hadn't kissed him... Uh... <laughs> I was excited about that. Oh, oh my yeah. gosh! When 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 they kiss and then Rilo, Rilo, when <laughs> when when Ben, because he's now Ben, when Ben falls down, mm. Riley, you know, we mentioned in the previous episode that he we heard some laughter, yeah, from some guy in the theater when that happened. The third time I saw the movie, same thing happened. One guy just bursted out laughing. Like I don't know why it's kind of it's funny. the pacing, man. It's the it's <laughs> a, like a punch. It, it really happens like a punchline. Kiss, poof. And he's gone. Yeah, there was he a moment. He smiles. Going to stay dead. I thought, you know, the whole 
the whole healing aspect where when she's like, I gave a little of my force energy. I was like, okay, so she's. I thought she purged the darkness from him, and I thought, oh, oh my god, they're gonna kill Ray, and he's gonna end up alive. Like, mm, I, yeah. That well, was something I was like, and then really he, impressed with, and then he dissolves away into the force at the same time Leia does. That is that was, was that nice. was poetic. I did like that. I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna harp on it too long. I'm glad you liked it, Mark. I the it was a little too abrupt for me. The 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 kiss but also there's the whole raylo fandom element there so i wasn't the biggest fan um but that's okay the candy man can the <laughs> I got a, another question i gotta ask you guys before we get into the fan email the, the, the minions or whatever the hell they were in his chamber oh Sidious's yeah chamber, yeah those are some weird. people have thought that those represented all the sith souls that were on the planet yes what the hell I, were they i don't I have no know, idea like, they're uh, all they were all Sith spirits from you know centuries. They were all Geonosians. Um. That, that's where that's where I, I think certain people can have an argument of like we shouldn't have to get these guidebooks and stuff to to read and find these information out. So mm, I mean, yeah. that's that's one thing. Like I, I did tell my wife, like it's clear to me that the canon levels of old still lie. You know, the films are your highest level of canon, and then the you know, the C canon, the secondary canon, which was, was the old EU, the expanded universe. They're still doing what they can to flesh out bits mm. and stuff. I just wish that Lucasfilm would just be more honest with that and be like, yeah, it's that way. Instead of playing the whole, it's all canon now. And I'm sitting here going, <laughs> well, then why in the hell is Kylo Ren on Batu with his helmet when he destroyed it in the movie before they set up this base? Ah, Yes, it's stupid, but it's stupid stuff that divides our fandom. And the deflector dish should be uh, round again. Oh, my gosh. Well, well, my gosh. We can get around right, that because he it, did knock me. it off a second time. But now with Kylo being there at all, I'm, we were like, oh, my god. I'm calling it. I'm calling it. Some... No, we got we to gotta make this stop. We're going to do an email. Uh, right I after... didn't see Riley at Batu in the movie, so <laughs> but he's been there. All right. <clears throat> yes. All right. <laughs> He's a he's a local uh, Denzin. Oh my God. <laughs> yes. Uh, all right. So, <laughs> hey, quick uh, timeout to say thanks to hey the Fan Dummies podcast sponsoring the Star Wars Report. Uh, we can't forget the Fan Dummies. They are in the midst as we are of covering the release of the Rise of Skywalker. So you make sure you check out their Rise of Skywalker episodes available in the podcast feed now wherever you download podcasts. It's the Fan Dummies podcast covering all things in the world of geekdom. If you go to fandummies.com, you can check them out. Fandummies.com, and we do thank them for supporting the Star Wars Report podcast okay emails let's let's hit we got emails. an email from wes uh says hey riley um i felt every single emotion in that theater some high highs some low lows but all in all i enjoyed it i really enjoyed it obviously it's still very fresh i need to see it a hundred more times but definitely a better feeling than uh walking out than I, when i left the theater in december 2017 major thoughts are currently stuck in my head no particular order is finn a force user gasp is Hux a spy? Hux is a spy. Give me an effing break. <laughs> I, I understand wanting to see Kylo fail, but this is not the way. Loved hearing all the Jedi from the past flowing through mm -hmm. Rey. Um, can't believe they got Harrison Ford uh, one last time, but very nice. Who in the bleep is Palpatine's kid? Actually, that was, yeah, that was really much in my mind. Where'd they come from? Was it his son or daughter? Son. Um... Uh, Vex the Palpatine is just back. Oh, hey, guys, I'm back. And oh, yeah, mm. by the way, I have a massive fleet. Yeah, they really do. They they drop you into the middle of the story there. Um, and not only does he have a massive fleet, they all are planet killers, just, <laughs> just like the Death Star. I, 
I want to say that that's probably the for the trilogy. Star. The biggest flaw is that the bad guys have no real explanation. When you think about, that's one thing that the prequel trilogy really nailed. We saw him come to power. We saw him be a mastermind. We saw the progression of evil mm. take over everything. With this trilogy, it's just they're here. We're not going to give you any disposition about it. We, you just figured that out on your own. And we're never going. They're Yoda species. We're never going to tell you anything yeah. about it. And that I think. I think that that's always been an issue for a lot of fans. It's like, we want to know more of that, and that's something that they've been very tight-lipped about. I'm hoping maybe we'll get some backstory now that this is out. Tom, I'm not really holding my breath, because now that this is out, I'm hoping maybe we'll also see Legends continue as a second universe, too. Doubt it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, oh, uh, back to Wes's email. Um, getting to the nittiest of picks now, but Luke's X-Wing works after being underwater for just shy of two decades. That was actually one that did jump into my mind when I first watched the movie. I was like... Wait a second! Isn't there like a decay or something? The next. Wait, can you explain this to me? Because I don't know when I've ever how long Luke has been on that island. I I mean I've always was under the assumption that for two decades or three decades or whatever. Well, no, well maybe it has been. It's but been no, about, because there were several decades he was being Luke Skywalker, the hero of the galaxy. So he hasn't been on the island that he long. He would have gone off to the island after the the flashback scene with Kylo Ren Kylo Ren's like a teenager so I'm I'm guessing about a decade is what I always so thought. Ben falls at the time of Bloodline yes I was so just thinking Luke that would have, Luke would have left sometime around there and I think that's what like six years before the Force Awakens right right so it's just it's less than a decade yeah, yeah. Hmm. but I mean so, that's those things like you know maybe the X wings the, the well, metal and stuff of spaceships are as good as the life cycles of our heroes and legends, you know, like 60s, the new 30. <laughs> yeah. And even if he went to exile, doesn't mean he went straight there. Well, another yeah. thing, Bruce, is the resistance were born. Like half the ships they got were all scrapped ships and almost every one of them ended up flying. So yeah. maybe it's not that they're like, they're like scrap in the, in the way that the regular scrap. It's like, well, I, I would rather have this nice Firebird than this Datsun 78. You know, let's just get rid of that. <laughs> yeah, That's maybe true. these ships were uh, built in Japan and not America. Oh, no, I shouldn't have said that. that, that was oh, bad. wow. Shots fired. Um, <laughs> anyways, uh, going back to see it uh, again. And I'm sorry, I miscredit. This is Bryant who's emailing this one. But um, he says, uh, anyway, I have to see it again tomorrow. And then he did. And then he sent us another email. So back to Bryant. He says, just oh. saw a few more things. Why doesn't Ray disappear when she, when she dies, but Ben does? Now. I have an explanation for this. I do too. Go on. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's <laughs> mine's probably crappier than yours, Bruce. But mine is. It's the know. will of the force. The force. I'll, I'll take that. Wills her to to live on, and Kylo Ren's sacrifice is what allows her to do so. Mm. Mine's a little different, but somewhat connected. I feel like it's the will will of the force is played by Leia. I think uh, Leia was holding on to Ben, even though she was she died. She mm. was still mystically holding on to Ben through the Force, and as soon as he died, she released both of them. Yeah, mm -hmm. mm. Um, Brian. Because you have to give yourself to the Force. You yeah. just don't automatically just dissolve. Give yourself, you give yourself to the Force. No, wait. Um, back to Brian's email. Oh, so hold on, hold on, oh, hold on. Wait, oh, oh, wait, sorry. Bruce. You just did get to something because that was what we always assumed with the Jedi. And yet then we get the Clone Wars and stuff and we find out like, no, there's some special training that Qui-Gon did that he taught to Yoda, who right. taught to Obi-Wan. So like with Luke, it makes sense because clearly Luke's out there talking with these Force ghosts. 
Now I'm like, there's got to be a story out there during Leia's training where Luke and Leia are sitting in the woods around a campfire. Luke's on one side, Leia's on the other. And then Luke looks to his right, and holy crap, there's Kenobi. Looks to his left, mm. there's Yoda. <laughs> right next to Leia, there's Anakin. And they have like this whole powwow where they're talking about, well, you know, the Force is mystical. And they get into this whole level of the cosmic force that Luke's never really gotten into before. And they're explaining, you know, well, if you do this, you know, you can end up preserving your Force spirit like I did, and like I taught uh, Yoda. And we even right. reached out and we saved Anakin like there was a big conversation there with force ghosts that we just didn't anticipate and absolutely that's, right. that's where Leia got it hey, yeah, absolutely hey. because I mean they're gonna the, those force ghosts that Luke is always training under and talking to they're gonna teach him that mm, and then gosh. he's gonna teach his sister because yeah. he wants I, I don't to hang I out with her on Tatooine as ghosts which which makes me wonder you know <laughs> it had to have been Leia that grabs Ben like yes. you said, just in the mm -hmm. same way that Anakin was grabbed by Obi-Wan and Yoda. Yes. I mean, that was established. He was going to the Neverworld, and they grabbed him. So that would make sense. But it would only make sense if Leia was taught by someone. That someone, of course, being Luke, who had to have been taught by someone, of course, being Ben. Mm. But in this case, Ben's Force Ghost. Yeah. I, I, yep. I can... I can logically track that. Yeah. That okay. So should we vote between <laughs> mine and Riley's predictions on this? Or? I'm going with Bruce. <laughs> or, Sorry. I mean, yours is close. Bruce, Bruce is really, he has fair. done what JJ failed to do with the plot point. And he gave us everything. <laughs> no, JJ called me and I said, leave that part out. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, now, now back to Bruce's, to Brian's email. <laughs> Um, but so, Bryant wants this. He wants us to discuss. No, this. I listen. I surrender. You actually. I think you're right. I'm not gonna lie. Um, so we're uh, enjoying this email. Bryant says. So the emperor wants to kill the girl, but later he says he never wanted her to be killed. I never wanted you to be killed, but he actually wants uh, her to kill him. But then he wants to kill both of them and stay the emperor. The last. Uh, the last one I kind of get because it unfolds that way. But why does the? What does the emperor actually want? Oh, I got ask, this one, buddy. I don't think he knows what he wants, but you were going to say, Mark. No, he, he knows. So he wants the girl, right? But once it's clear that he's lost the girl and that the girl is about to become a force against him, yeah. he wants her ended. Yeah. Once she gets close enough to his grasp, hey, I, I changed my mind. I definitely want this vessel. He's, he's not looking at her as granddaughter in the aspect of, oh, I love you. He's looking at her as, if anybody out there is a perfect vessel for me, it's you. But if you're outside my grasp, I'm going to end you. It's a, it's the whole, what he did in Battlefront 2 with the, his uh, operation. Mm. I, I'm drawing the biggest blank on the name of Sindar, the operation. Some, Sindar or something like that. Well, no, Sindar is what, what they did to razz the planets, but the contingency. Yeah. If you guys can't protect me, then I'm wiping you all out. Well, if I can't get Ray, then I'm wiping her out. She's not going to be a tool mm. to be used against me. But oh, I like wait. it. Yeah. She's not within my sphere of responsibility. You're in close. I can mm. grab you, uh, then that changes things. I want you back. Yeah. You're too close. I'm getting you now. You're mine. I'm going to take you in. I like it. I like it. Uh, so. Brian wraps up by saying, uh, think, uh, let's see, but still really enjoyed it. The Jedi voices really got me the second time, and I liked I liked it the first time, but the second viewing, it really got to me. Thanks, all of you, for being amazing. A Star Wars outlet, at which I can hurl questions. You're the best. May the Force be with you, Bryant. Bryant, thanks so much, man. Hey, uh, way, to, way to fire us up. I like it. Um, right? I like it Brian, very much. You got me more excited to go and watch this with my kids and my dad, because... One of the things I do with Star Wars with my wife is I will watch an episode first. I won't tell her because it pisses her off. And then she's like, well, I don't want to watch it. You already saw it. And I'm just like, but for me, what I enjoy about watching it with her on my second time is when I know something's going to happen like that, I, something about being around my wife watching her watch it makes me a hell of a lot more emotional. So when it happens, I'm just like, oh, my God, just barely holding it together. I'm really looking forward to these moments when I'm watching them, especially with my daughter, Jaina, because she is a huge mm. Ray fan. 
So I'm like, just reading that, uh, the book that I was reading last night, The Galaxy Needs You with her, had me just, I'm so excited. I mean, there's some yeah. moments that I'm going to be really worried that she's not going to be able to understand it's going to break her. But I'm really excited to see yeah. her get to the end of that and see Ray claim her heritage and claim this title of a Skywalker. Mm. No, that's true. That's that's a very good point. I, I I really love you guys emailing. Keep emailing us, starwarsreport at gmail.com, and we'll keep this conversation going for sure. But uh, but in the meantime, I think it's time to wrap up another episode of the Star Wars Report podcast. Um, Mr. Bruce Gibson, tell people where they can find you and what you're up to these days. Find me on Twitter at Admiral underscore Rex, and you can find me doing other shows on the Trek FM network. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And then Mr. Hurlman? You can find me here on the Star Wars Report on Star Wars Beyond the Films and hopefully someday on our Mando cast if Mike ever calls me. <laughs> Mike, I'm watching it! <laughs> <laughs> no, um, and yeah, make sure and follow at Illogical Rogue too because maybe you guys can get your uh, subsequent viewing opinions as you get ready to go back and see it. Um, then of course for the show it's at Star Wars Report and Star Wars Report at gmail.com all the links are going to be in the episode show notes which you can also see right here on the podcatcher or podcast app that you prefer uh, leave us ratings and reviews it really helps get the word out about the show and uh, hey support us on Patreon join us and get our exclusive weekly Rogue Transmissions podcast available only at patreon.com slash Star Wars Report um, guys until next time Oh, I, and you can follow me at the Riley Guy. I guess there's that too. Uh, find, find Instagram's the best place. The Riley Guy, R I L E Y. Until next time, guys, may the Force be with you. And remember, many Bothans died to bring you this podcast. Pretty great score. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna do like a whole episode breaking down the score later in a few weeks. But guys, one last one. You got it in you. You ready? Yes, because I'm doing another one after this. Yeah. What do you do? It's Trek though, right? It'll be the Six of Two Club with Matt Rushing and Christy. Oh. <laughs> On Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> yep. Dude, good, good. <laughs> I'm impressed by y'all's stamina. I love it. Uh, also, I'm just realizing I'm I'm recording straight through. I'm going to drop this whole thing as a Patreon exclusive for, for people who want to listen to us go the whole way through. Not nice. only that, but I just did three and a half hours of editing my other show right before this. I've been sitting here like all <laughs> my day. God. Wow. All right. So let's. Man, I I tell you, I'm jealous. You talk with.